0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm editor Candace Gibson, joined by staff writer Jane McGrath. Hey there, Candice. Hey, Jane. We have got another Thomas Jefferson topic for all of you today, and not just because I love him. I know a lot of you out there are very passionate about Jefferson. You've got a lot to say. You've got a lot to weigh in on about Jefferson and the ways that we've portrayed him. And today we're going to talk about something that is Pretty controversial, but hopefully it will invite lots of feedback from you guys and not as many corrections, because we (laughs) have researched this one into the
1: ground. That's right. And this is a really interesting aspect of Jefferson. One thing that you might not know about him is that he really championed the idea of separation of church and state. And the idea really came from him. Some people think uh, this idea came from the Constitution itself. The Constitution, of course, says you shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. But the idea of separation of church and state actually comes from a letter that Jefferson wrote. This makes sense with his character and what he thought about religion and how religion shouldn't be dictated by traditional churches or by anyone, really. He thought that religion was between a man and his God, and that's it.
0: Right. He thought it was very personal, and he also conceived of religion in a very rational way. And scholars don't know for certain whether Jefferson was a deist or not. Hmm. But if we look at some of his works and his thoughts, we can see a little bit of the influence of deist philosophy. And just to recap that, for those of you who may not be familiar with deism or you may need a refresher, basically it's the idea that we only need rational thought, not faith, to understand God and religion. And deists, the the term sort of classifies a broad range of people and the ways that they identify themselves. It could be everyone from um, an atheist to a Christian rationalist. And I got a lot of great information about deism from the uh, Dictionary of the History of Ideas. And ironically enough, this came from the University of Virginia And we know, of course, (laughs) Jefferson founded University of Virginia, so make of that what you will. But deists put morality above any other sort of human action, and morality and behaving in an ethical and responsible way is first and foremost not believing in religion or Mm. miracles. And furthermore, uh, deists believe that the world is ordered by God, and if you've heard of the, the great clockmaker or great watchmaker theory, the idea is that there's a divine being, a God, who put the universe in order, gave it all of its parts, all of its gears, and set it into motion and then left it to operate on its own. And so what's interesting about Jefferson is that we know for a fact he was an enlightenment thinker. And a big part of the enlightenment were the scientific discoveries that great men of the time were making. If we look at Isaac Newton's discoveries and laws of of gravity and laws of motion, it sort of harkens back to this idea of, of the watchmaker. Once you have the tools and the gears that can operate independently on their own, Do you really need someone to keep guiding them? So the universe could be a self-sustaining place. And what deists would argue is that you can understand the world by thinking about it in these parts and not necessarily the person
1: who created it. So... Pretty interesting, huh? That is really interesting, and it makes a lot of sense with what Jefferson believed. And obviously, if you're a deist, like Candace described, a, a clockmaker god, um, you believe in that. Um, you don't think that God sent his son down into the earth to, to you know, heal the, the sick and cure the blind and etc. He wouldn't have done that. Uh, he he doesn't meddle at all in human affairs, obviously, as a clockmaker god. And so Jefferson sort of rejected Uh, all of this orthodox belief of, of Jesus being the son of God. He did actually think that Jesus was a pretty fascinating figure. And he thought that whoever said these things, the the beatitudes, uh, the certain parables, he thought that whoever said this must have been a, an amazing philosopher, and we're talking up there with Aristotle and Socrates and Plato. And, and Jefferson really respected it. What he didn't what he didn't respect were the evangelists, and these are basically uh, the gospel writers who we call Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He thought that these men were particularly unqualified for for uh, writing down Jesus' life. He thought they were unlettered men. They were just, you know, not educated. Maybe they forgot a lot of stuff about what they heard Jesus said. Um, and also, he thought that perhaps these guys actually intentionally invented certain things about Jesus' life, like miracles in particular, and the idea of the virgin birth and the idea of the resurrection in particular cuz these things all all uh, are at the core of what christians think make jesus the son of god almost like propaganda trying to get people to ascribe to this religion that's right and he rejected what he thought was propaganda
0: and jefferson as we know was very well read and very well versed spoke many languages read and wrote in them too and so we know you know it It wouldn't have been unusual for him not to hold men like the apostles in high esteem. And the thing about Jesus that Jefferson respected the most was his morality. And he actually said that Jesus' morality was more perfect, direct quote, than any other philosopher that he'd read. And again, drawing another parallel between deism and and Jefferson and his religious beliefs is that, above all, if there is a creator who put this universe in order and created morality as like the highest level of being— then that creator must also be a rational thinker, too. So by thinking rationally, you can understand him. So you can imagine that when Jefferson sat down with the Bible, when he would have read the miracles like the Last Supper with the Eucharist and the Resurrection and the Virgin Birth, these things didn't exactly correspond with his rational way of conceiving religion.
1: That's right. And so he had this idea in his mind that he wanted to basically rewrite the Bible. It's kind of inaccurate to say that, though, because he didn't want to change anything that was the, that the evangelist said that Jesus said. He just sort of wanted to cut out parts uh, that he didn't think that, that Jesus would have said, and keep in the parts that he thought were very inspired and, and very brilliant things to say. So what he did was literally a cut-and-paste job, and he got a couple Bibles, and he, he had to take two, because obviously you need the both sides of a page sometimes, and he actually literally cut out the verses that he felt were legitimate and genuine, and he would then paste the in order into a blank book to this day has been uh, known as the Jefferson Bible.
0: And what it's actually called, what Jefferson titled it originally was um, the philosophy of Jesus of Nazareth. And then over time, he changed that title to the life and morals, again, morality of Jesus of Nazareth. And in all, I think he included about 990 verses from the Bible, and he later translated it into Greek, Latin and French. And to put this in context with other things that would have been going on in Jefferson's life, he started the project in the winter of 1816, and we know he held his presidential terms from 1801 to 1809. So he would have been retired from the presidency, but as we know from earlier podcasts about Jefferson, he was still very much involved in politics and people still look to him as a man of great wisdom who would have guided them and influenced them, and that's why he purposefully didn't publicize the
1: Jefferson Bible. It's interesting and even though he cut out a lot of things about what they say Jesus did, he put together what comes out to be still a narrative. And uh, you follow Jesus from when he's born, of course, they don't mention the virgin birth, but uh, when he's born and, you know, when the story of when he was a boy and and Mary and Joseph lose him for a while and find him in the temple and and things like this. And it comes up to his crucifixion, of course, uh, leaving off before the resurrection but in between he leaves out certain parables certain things of of course the the miracles and uh the he has the last supper but he leaves out the part of this is my body and this is my blood which catholics of course take take literally and, and they use as the eucharist in their mass and of course jefferson wouldn't have agreed with that but things that he leaves in are really interesting as well such as the beatitudes and this tells us a lot of things about what Jefferson believed as a faith, because he was obviously, he did believe in God. And the idea that he would leave in the Beatitude shows that he believed in an afterlife, which is really interesting. Right, and
0: so the Jefferson Bible is more than the debate today, where some Christians interpret the Bible as a literal text and some like to interpret it to apply to a more modern lifestyle. He really did come through it with a very discerning eye, and he kept these very... Uh, Astute morals and philosophies that he thought people should live their lives by, but he knew that what he was doing was radical. And so you may be wondering if what he did was so radical and so incredibly private as Jefferson oftentimes was, how do we know about the Jefferson Bible today? And back in 1895, a Smithsonian librarian named Cyrus Adler found a collection of these documents, and he found evidence of the Bible verses and the cut-and-paste job, and he put it together, and by 1904, the Jefferson Bible was put on display in the United States National Museum.
1: That's right, and the Congress was able to to buy the rights back, Uh, and now today it's in the public domain, so you can find it basically in bookstores and museums and libraries, and uh, you can find it online. Even. There's some really helpful sites out there that that actually um, lay out the parts that not only that, that Jefferson included, but the parts that he left out as well, which is uh, which is just as um Insightful, I think, about, about Jefferson's life. So really, it's not just a philosophy text, but it's a tool for historians to study
0: Thomas Jefferson by.
1: That's right. And, uh, like you said, Jefferson was often very secretive. There's this theory that came about that he actually wrote the book, uh, in order to help educate American Indians. Some sources say that this might, may have been sort of a planned cover-up. Like, if, if the press really got a hold of, of the Bible that he was working on, and they, and if they got incensed that, oh, are you an atheist? What are you writing here? He could have said, Oh, oh! I'm just writing it for the American Indians. It doesn't reflect what I believe. In his private writings, he he really did dic- uh, he really did um, specify that he wrote it for his own purpose, so he could study it himself.
0: And I think in his lifetime, he may have, in fact, shared copies of it with close friends. Right, right, close friends. Yeah. And today, it's actually a custom for recently sworn-in members of Congress to receive copies of the Jefferson Bible. So that's a fun fact. And yeah. Speaking of swearing-in Bibles, we have another interesting fact for the rest of you. So as far as other swearing-in texts that are important in our nation's past, you may have seen in the news pretty recently that Barack Obama requested to be sworn in with the Lincoln Bible. And some other texts that were used not too long ago, Bill Clinton actually used a family Bible both times that he was sworn in, and George Bush Sr. used the Washington Bible, and George W. Bush used the washington bible once like his dad and wanted to use it again but the second time there was some pretty bad weather and people were worried about damage that might be incurred by the very ancient book well not very ancient that's not accurate (laughs) by the esteemed and old book Mm -hmm. so he used a family bible that time very interesting yes indeed so for even more information on our nation's presidents and maybe even a few of their secrets be sure to visit HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, if you have suggestions for future shows or any feedback for us, email us at HistoryPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.